Yo, what's up, everybody? I'm back. Um, Social introvert here with another podcast episode. Glad to be back. Um, I know you all is probably wondering uh, what happened because it's been two weeks. (laughs) Um, So I'll start there. Two weeks ago, um, I was slotted to do uh, the third chapter of my book. Um, but I was extremely sick. So the week that I actually did uh, negativity, I was taking care of my son because he was extremely sick. And uh, I thought that I was going to get through the week without getting sick while he was recovering. And then I ended up getting um, the flu, essentially. And um, I couldn't even, I could hardly talk. Um my throat was destroyed. Every time I swallowed, it felt like glass. I was swallowing glass. Um, I would go under these coughing spells. And um, what else? I had a fever, too. So I was in uh, the hospital and whatnot, got some steroids and some other medication to help bring it down along with some of the homeopathic or uh, I shouldn't say that, naturopathic uh, medicine that I was taking, um, here at the house that I was using, um, but I saw that to say that I'm much healthier now and pretty much back at a hundred percent. And, uh, the following week, which was last week, uh, I had my father in town for Thanksgiving, um, Well, I shouldn't even say Thanksgiving because I don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Um, But um, he was in town uh, to cook for uh, the holidays because I had a family gathering here um, to eat. Uh, So that's why I did not record last week. And to be honest, I probably could have made time to record last week. But I figured everybody else was, you know, preparing for the holidays So I gave y'all last week off, but we're here this week and um, we're ready to go. So it's 11-11 on the dot right now on the East Coast. And um, I appreciate y'all for tuning in. A lot of y'all listened to the last episode. Um, I cleared uh, over 900 listeners Um, from that last episode, so I'm, again, super proud of y'all. By the end of this season, I want to hit over a 1,000. That's been my uh, goal, Um, and I want to hit that. We're not too far away, but certainly by the end of this season, I think we can hit uh, 1K listeners, so that's pretty dope. And uh, as I told y'all before, I don't know what it is. I looked it up, but it has something to do with my breathing, while I read, and um, when I read, I tend to yawn while being wide awake. <laughs> so if y'all hear me yawning or my voice slightly change while I'm reading, y'all know why. I don't know what it's called, but yeah, I yawn when I read for some reason because apparently I don't breathe correctly. I can have a conversation all day long without yawning, but as soon as I start reading, I'm yawning. <laughs> So just know I'm not sleepy and I'm not trying to take away from your experience. But anyway, this is season four and chapter three is envy. And um, I'm sure we all had um, 
We've been in a place of envy before, so. Maybe this will help y'all out. Let me see how many pages this chapter is. I got a lot of, um, okay, so it's about 17, 18 pages. I got a lot of uh, Christian um, rhetoric in here. Um, So I know y'all can, um, you know, take the meat and eat the meat, spit out the bones. If it applies to you, good. If not, just replace the word God with whatever it is that you believe in. And it'll still make sense. God is synonymous with a lot of things, right? We got God means government, ordinance department. It means generator, operator, destroyer. It means a deity. It means a superhuman. It means a lot of different things, right? It's an a 7th, 8th century word of Germanic origin. And again, it has various meanings. So, you know, take the word God. If you believe you are God, you know, put yourself in this situation whenever you hear that term. All right. Just a disclosure. All right, guys, let's begin. Now, this chapter right here is going to be a tough one for a lot of us. Sometimes we do not realize how easy it is to fall under the huge umbrella of envy. But I am here to help you better understand. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through any of many social media sites and realized that there is a heavy influx of very expensive material things that people boast about and show off? You notice that riches and wealth are more prevalent now than ever before. I've noticed and it's put an image in my head of having expensive material objects. I started to find myself and feel myself in those situations, holding the keys to my very own Lamborghini or Porsche. Walking down my extremely long driveway to my 12,000 square foot mansion in an exclusive gated community or even vacationing to remote parts of the world where only the most successful people go. I'm sure we all have, but if you're like me, you start to look at your own lifestyle and begin to wonder, why haven't I reached this yet? I'm important too and I deserve everything they have and more. Life's not fair if you don't realize all the hard work, dedication, and pain that they've had to go through in order to achieve the things that they have you'll become jealous. Most people tend to resort to jealousy or become disappointed in themselves while forgetting to be thankful for what they do have and to expound on that to become a person of that stature. Now let's talk about envy. Envy, which is a noun, is characterized as having a feeling of discontent or a resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. Now envy, the verb version, is the desire to have a quality possession or the other desirable attribute that belongs to someone else in other words envy is pretty much the equivalent of jealousy when we think of envy you should almost immediately refer to lucifer who in actuality who in all actuality had no reason to be envious while in heaven he had everything he could ever want he was one of the most powerful angels that god had created i'm gonna pause right here and go ahead and say um I do not um, believe what I wrote here at this point in time uh, due to me further in my studies and research. So, um, again, as I stated before I started reading, take the meat, spit out the bones. It's all stories and allegories anyway. All right. He was one of the most beautiful of all the angels in heaven. He was also 
he was also the chief musician. Being the most beautiful of all the heavenly hosts in heaven, you would be right to assume that he was loved and cherished by many, much like how musicians are praised today in the church as well as in the world. Music has the ability to alter one's mood, change someone's mind, calm people's nerves, or even make someone go out to commit a crime. Since music can alter a person's mind, it is also considered and can be classified as a drug. So back to Lucifer. He was obviously in a position of a power and authority, meaning he had great responsibility. God favored Lucifer, the second of the four created archangels, and it is said that he was the favorite of the four. He literally was second to God. His sole purpose was to create music that glorified God and to make heavenly music. He was basically a walking instrument. You can only imagine what he looked like. <laughs> While having everything in heaven that he wanted, authority over everything in heaven except God, he was the most beautiful of the angels, was known as the favorite of all angels. What an honor. Yet he still had the nerve to want to exalt himself above God. He wanted to make himself like the Most High by becoming all-powerful, omnipresent, omniscient, all-knowing, dominion over everything. We all know what happened next. He and one-third of all the angels in heaven decided to rise and attempt a takeover. Coup d'etat. After a lengthy battle with Michael, another archangel, and the remaining two-thirds of angels, he was defeated and from that point cast out of heaven and banished from ever returning to the heavenly kingdom of our father. This whole debacle began with one thing, envy. Too many times we find ourselves looking at other, at friends and sometimes even family who are doing extremely well for themselves and they just seem to be able to buy anything they want, travel anytime they want it to, live in a really nice neighborhoods with a home on the hill with three-car garages, driving expensive luxury cars, etc. Now, if you didn't grow up seeing mansions, nice cars, and designer items, naturally, it will, be, it will more than likely draw your attention. The thing most people start to do in this scenario is that they start to compare their own personal achievements and assets to whomever they see succeeding. This is where envy leaps directly into your mind and starts to influence your thinking process and dance all over your mind. And if you let it set up camp there and influence your decisions. Some people start to feel down about themselves. Others tend to get jealous and begin talking down about the other persons, which we call, tw which we call haters in the 21st century. And last but not least, for a small group of individuals, they encourage a successful person, successful person and it motivates them to keep pushing to achieve similar dreams and goals. One must wonder what key factor separates these three groups of people who all see the same thing, yet they all feel completely different about it. From my point of view, I have to say circumstances. Your surroundings, in most cases, make it easy to predict from the outside looking in the choices you will make throughout life, the way you handle challenges that will come your way, and ultimately your mindset. Armed with this knowledge, it would be safe to assume that if you hang around haters your entire life, chances are you too will become envious or jealous of someone easily because you have been conditioned for most of your life to do so. Let one of your friends outgrow this mindset while you are still stuck in it and see how your relationship changes. Some will say this is how bullying starts. Kids go to schools with others who don't have much, and those kids become envious when they attend school with kids who have new gear throughout the week, and they come to school with the same gear. Now you have possible scenarios where the kids who, be, who have begun to get pick on and sometimes even robbed for their belongings. Then the kids who have no longer want to wear new stuff to school for fear of reprisal from other students. It's not cool, but unfortunately it happens in just about every school worldwide. Sad news is that it doesn't stop there. Some friends could be arguing and decide to go to social media to post their disdain with their now ex-friend who decided that being stuck in jealousy and envy was below them and chose to grow up. 
A lot of us would unfortunately fall prey to the trap instead of rejoicing for your friend and striving to transform and renew your mind along with it. And I believe one of the major causes for this is ego. Ego will have people out here thinking that they are worth more than they than what they truly are. There are people to this day upset because they believe they should be famous and on national television without putting any work in. Ego can absolutely be a cause for someone to be envious, especially when they want someone else, when they want what someone else has worked for. For instance, back when I was in college, I had the opportunity to see, play, and experience the music scene within my city and surrounding areas as a freelance musician. All of the shows I played at, the drums would be very expensive and spectacular looking drums with all the new hardware upgrades, over-the-top paint jobs, the best sounding cymbals, etc. Now, mind you, I had some decent equipment myself. The owner of the drums got on to play and, in my opinion, was the most basic drummer out of everyone that performed. Immediately, I was upset. In my head, I'm trying to figure out how someone with the most expensive and durable gear could not play up to the standards of the gear that they had. The next thought that came to my head was, I should have this gear. I play a lot better than him. <laughs> he does not deserve the stuff he has. At that point, I made up in my mind that regardless of whatever he had to do to acquire that gear that he had, he didn't deserve it. Whether it was starting from homelessness, working two or three jobs to save up, catching deals in the music store, or trading his way to new gear, I had already discredited him in my mind and was actually envious of the guy. Now, obviously, this wasn't right, and it was nothing wrong with the guy or his equipment. It was something wrong from within me. He said nothing wrong, did me no harm, did not even know my name, yet he has this random guy, me, upset and discontent with him. And he couldn't honestly care less, especially because he didn't know. I had another incident, and this time it happened at my job. I had an event that I had to prepare for, and it was required that I learn five new songs within a two to three week time frame. Now granted, they wanted me to learn the music on the organ at this church, and I am primarily the drummer at this church. I just so happened to know how to play organ, really piano, so they asked if I could help the new pianist while the main pianist was gone. I accepted because it had been a very long time since I sat down behind the piano to play for a church service. As soon as I got the material, I went into my practice room at home and began to study the music. Altogether, it was about five songs. We were preparing to play for the two separate college choirs that were coming to our church for special event. As the time grew near, I better familiarized myself with this music and was happy to demonstrate what I had learned. Now, initially, I was supposed to play the organ and allow the new pianist to play the primary instrument with the organ being the secondary instrument. Can I be honest? I didn't study as hard as I should have for the concert simply because I felt like he should be able to cover the music alone. Our main pianist has done so for years. I ended up focusing on the songs that I actually liked playing while doing a bare minimum for the other songs that were required. So as the time approaches for the concert that Sunday, we have one last rehearsal the Wednesday before the concert, and the new pianist was familiar with some of the material, and I was familiar with about three out of the five songs. We rehearsed for about four hours that day, and he still wasn't comfortable with the material, nor was I. We decided to set up an additional practice on the following Saturday, the, the day before the concert. I reluctantly agreed because I didn't want to sound a complete mess with a guest choir coming to town, and of course, the audience. That Saturday, we all decided it would be very inconvenient for all of us to meet up and re-rehearse the music before Sunday, and we just trusted that all of us would be prepared in the morning to play the songs with these choirs. We got to the church, and the new musician wasn't at 100%, but the good thing was I practiced on my own about three or four hours the night before, so we should be good. 
What ended up happening was I played the primary instrument piano for the first choir. We did rather well and received positive feedback and reviews for our performance. In the following service, he was more familiar with the second choir's material, so he played the primary piano for that choir in that service, but here is where I had the issue. One of the supervisors sent out a group message to everyone who participated in making this event a success, right? And they had the nerve to shout out the new pianist and include me in with the rest of the band. I was so close to sending out a message to the group to let them know my frustration and how displeased I was that my name wasn't mentioned too. I felt that I put in the most work. I had to play the organ, piano, and drums that Sunday. My primary instrument is the drums. I knew the material better, yet he received a shout-out as if he himself had orchestrated the success of the band. Someone had me envious, and I could not shake it off for a couple of hours, and nobody corrected it either. Maybe I should have said something, and the outcome would have been different. I never spoke on it or mentioned it to anyone. It has happened numerous times over my life in the music industry, but no other time stung quite like that time. But eventually it dawned on me that it didn't even matter. (laughs) I was upset, and because nobody knew, the situation couldn't be fixed. The performance was a success, and that is all that should have mattered. In most scenarios, people more than likely will continue to do whatever it is that they are in their feelings about because they don't care whether or not we or anybody else likes them, or they simply don't know. They will continue to acquire more and more while we sit back with our feet up talking about them. But, you know, what happens when we do that? We become stagnant, bitter, and eventually broken. And you wonder why you're stressed out all the time and nobody wants to spend time with you. If you see celebrities, and I'm sure that you do, most of these celebrities are very successful and rich and financially free. Yet there are still people out there who would rather see them fight, fail, and lose their wealth so that they become so that they can become everyday workers like the other 99% of the world. People don't realize that it would be quite harder for most of us to become people of significance without seeing someone else succeed. Who would the innovators of the world look to if there were no problems to be solved? If we had reached our maximum potential and everybody made the exact same amount of money regardless of whatever we do. Now, this idea isn't a brand new one, for there are various forms of socialism, communism, and even Leninism, where everyone will receive the same pay regardless of work they put in. You work, and then you are provided with food, clothes, and shelter. Basically, everything you need to survive. Doesn't sound too great, does it? Well, it doesn't sit well with most people, so the idea didn't survive for long. For me, I believe that if someone puts in an ample amount of time and work, and they believe and what they are doing, they can achieve and accomplish anything. Those forms of government do not support that. Just know that in whatever you do, be happy and work towards your own goals and aspirations. We cannot become the type of people who are jealous or envy people because of what they have obtained, especially our own friends and family. You wonder why people do not share their testimonies with you. We cannot accomplish anything that we want just by sitting on the sidelines critiquing everyone else because that leaves no room for us to work. Take a second to imagine those who we criticize and hate on for having more than us. What if they sat back and critiqued you? Would they even have anything to talk about? Would they have any reason at all to be envious of anything that you are doing and accomplish that has made a difference in your local area, state, or even nationally? They probably would only be able to say one thing, nothing. You have yet to write your book, put out your music you've been sitting on, paint the ideas and sights you have seen in your head on a canvas, 
Start your organic holistic store, start your own business, switch tax brackets, acquire properties or land, etc. There's absolutely nothing for them to talk about, so they would not even waste their valuable time to do so. You want to know why they're able to accomplish the things they want? Wonder why they are they can afford the, these luxuries in life? These people worked for it. They dug their way through the deep trenches, maneuvered their way around so many obstacles, persevered through countless situations, and clawed their way to the top so that they can achieve the aspirations they set out after. I heard this quote a long time ago from a wise man that said, pay the price today so you can pay any price tomorrow. I'm not sure who created that quote, but this means that you need to do everything within your power to get to the top, morally, of course, so that when the time comes, you can buy that house on the hill you always wanted. You can purchase that luxury car that's fully upgraded to fit your personal needs. You can afford to travel to those destinations that you used to dream about. You too can be recognized as a person of value and significance in the world. The best part is you will be so engulfed in your own works and deadlines that are being met that you will not have even an opportunity to be worried about someone else's possession or lifestyle. God wants us to live an abundant and uh, an abundant life and wants us to have the best of the best. In 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, Paul tells you that God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Then if you look at Ephesians 3 and 20, we learn that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. This means we are all born with the unique ability and drive from birth to receive any and everything we put in the work to accomplish. Here you need to realize that if you are envious of everyone doing better than you and you spend your time wallowing in your jealous escapades, then you are not working. If you are not working on the things you should be working on, then you essentially remove yourself from the blessings that are out here waiting for you to grab and you leave no room for them to help you in your own works. So now you understand why you have not received what you've been searching for. Dig deep within yourself, reach all the way down and find out the root cause of envy and work towards removing it out of your life. Envy does not do you or anyone else any good and it has never had any positive effects at all for anyone. Find an outlet that makes you happy. Do something that allows you to be in a happy place that frees you from that thought process and do not allow anyone, including yourself, to take you back to that place. In fact, your life will immediately shift in your favor. Doors will start opening for you that you thought were out of your reach. Unexplained blessings from above will start to downpour over your life and your vision will be clear as day. The universe recognizes when someone puts themselves out to be noticed and you will in kind be compensated. This and more will be your more just from changing the way you talk, shifting your mindset towards positive thinking and trusting your God throughout the entire process. I promise you can literally accomplish all of the things you want in your life and more if you focus your attention on your goals instead of your lifestyle of others. No one person has the exact same lifestyle as another. Desire the things that will allow you to fulfill your own happiness and add value to your life. And that is the end of that chapter, folks, on envy. I was laughing because I remember some of these situations um, that I was uh, speaking on in that chapter. Y'all got to remember this book is from 2018. So I finished this book about four years ago, literally. I finished the book in November of 2018. And yeah, I certainly remember some of those scenarios. They're hilarious to me. Um, now I'm thinking about it, but true. Um, 
oftentimes you see a lot of people who, um, you know, lose their mind and their life behind, you know, being envious behind someone. And someone who probably doesn't even know the person is envious, you know, loses their life over a stupid situation where, you know, people like to go out and inflict harm on people. Um, And it's a sad, vicious cycle that continues to happen um, day after day. But, you know, eventually it'll change, hopefully. And um, another thing I was thinking while I was reading is my son walked up to me yesterday, or my heir walked up to me yesterday and was like, um, hey, Dad, do you want to get rid of yourself? And I was like, uh, not right now. And then I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? Actually, yes. Yes, I do need to get rid of myself every single day. He said, well, you need to read this book. I was like, okay, I'll get to it. And he kept shoving my book in my face because <laughs> obviously the title of the book is Get Rid of Yourself. And he kept saying, if you want to get rid of yourself, you need to read this book. Because at first I didn't know what he was talking about. He just randomly said, do you want to get rid of yourself? <laughs> I was like, uh, no. But then I thought about it and I was like, yeah, I need to. He's like, well, you need to read this book. And he kept saying it over and over again. He kept shoving it in my face. But um, yes, by reading this book to y'all, I mean, it is opening up my eyes again uh, to the truth that I put out you know, four years ago, um, that it is important to continually strive to get rid of yourself. Um, meaning, you know, continuously shedding the things out of your life that you do not need, um, in order to better your future. Um, do something today that your future self will thank you for is a quote I'm sure many of you have heard, um, which could include, um, putting your phone down for maybe 10 minutes and meditating, which is something that I honestly haven't done in probably about a month or so. Um, and it's probably something that I'm going to do as soon as I get off of this podcast because <laughs> uh, I need that. Um, so, yeah, guys, do something today that your future self would thank you for. Um, I mean, even if it's something huge, uh, do something that makes you uncomfortable, like taking a cold shower. As painful as that sounds, and scenes, it is far more beneficial for you than a warm shower or a hot shower or a comfortable shower that you're used to. There are so many benefits to a cold shower, uh, increases your immunity, um, blood circulation, helps you lose weight, actually, makes your skin tighter, makes you look younger, increases your alertness. Uh, There's several things that a cold shower does. But again, that's something uncomfortable. And I try to, if I remember to, do something uncomfortable every day um, so that my mind will be callous towards it um, just in case I find myself in a situation of extreme uncomfortability um, I'll be prepared and I'll handle it better than most people would and it's not about handling it better than most people would it's more so about taking control of a situation that is uncomfortable and owning it and then you know, once you once you go through that situation and, and you're back in control and you find yourself comfortable again, <clears throat> you'll be able to appreciate life a little bit more. And um, you'll, you'll be able to appreciate struggle, obstacles, um, trial and error. You know, you'll be able to appreciate it a little bit more. So 
I hope uh, this episode today helped you guys. Uh, We're closing in on 28 minutes. Um, You can go on www.linktree.com forward slash S-A-N-E-T-E-R and you will find this book that you can uh, you can download it. I believe it's on Amazon, but if not, you can reach out to me personally, get an autographed copy um, with a message in it. Uh, you'll also find my second book, Hack Yourself, Design Your Life or Accept Your Fate, which you can also inbox me for or get on Amazon. Um, if you reach out to me, you'll get an autographed copy. Also, you'll find my stock options uh, course, uh, Volatility X, uh, which talks about trading options and stocks for people who are interested in getting into the stock market. Um, and you will also find my book, Memories, I mean, my song memories on there as well. So share this with your friends and family. Share it on your social media platforms. Uh, I want to hit 1,000 by the end of the season. And currently we're on episode four. And we have, you know, about nine episodes per season. So, uh, yeah, share this. Listen to it. Let me know what y'all think. And hope this get added value to your life.